0: which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Amen. May God bless this reading of his word.
1: Is this one working? Yep, we're on. Well good evening, Sunnybank Baptist Church. How are we? It's good. So good to be with you tonight. And uh, just as I start tonight, I really want to thank uh, Pastor Daryl and Mark and the team for the opportunity to be able to speak with you for a few minutes about the work of Compassion, the Christ-centred, church-based, child-focused organisation who've been releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name for over 70 years. And look, I'd also like to say tonight that it is so good to see so many young people here tonight. And it excites me because the McCrindle research shows us very clearly that you are the most engaged generation in social issues than any generation before you. So I'm so glad that you're here tonight. Because you are the generation that are living a life beyond yourselves. So thank you. Thank you for being others focused. And I pray that tonight is a real encouragement for you. But look, just because many of you have not heard me speak before and don't know much about me. I I thought just as a way of introducing myself and a way of helping you understand how I think. Is that when you get to know me. I often sit and ponder some of the mysteries of the universe. I often sit and question some things and wonder why is it so, just like many of you do. So I thought I'd share some of my more recent ponderings with you today. And I've called these questions, Help Me Understand. And the first one, if we can put that up, the first one is Help Me Understand why jeans full of holes and tears and rips cost $150 at the shops, where jeans with no holes and no tears only cost $35 at Kmart. Help me understand that. Next one. Uh, I mean, let alone the sunburn aspect. Have we got to deal with, with them? Might be showing my age a little bit there. And next one. Help me understand... Why the phrase do not touch is written in Braille. Help me understand that one. How does that work? And help me understand, next one, when optional oils became essential. Help me understand that one. I mean, back in the day when you got a headache, you, you just popped a couple of Panadol and you lay down for an hour or two and the headache went away. But now we've we've got drops and we've got sprays and we've got mists that we walk through and rub a bit of stuff behind our ear. Then we have a couple of Panadol and lie down and the headache goes away. And look, they're just some of the fun things I think about from time to time. <laughs> Pastor Charlie's probably thinking, where is this going? Who gave this guy the microphone? They're just some of the fun things I think about from time to time. But I I do actually have some serious questions that I ponder as well. There's some questions that I ask about life today where I really struggle to reconcile in my mind and in my heart, why is it so? Like, help me understand how, on average... Every single one of us in Australia put 297 kilograms of edible food in the bin. Yet 3.1 million children around the world won't reach their fifth birthday due to malnutrition. Help me understand that. Help me understand how 1.6 billion people, almost 20% of the earth's population today, still live in substandard housing. Yet every single night in Australian homes is up to 7 million empty bedrooms. Help me understand that. And help me understand how, as Mark was saying before, we, in Australia, we live in one of the most wealthy Affluent nations on earth with one of the highest standards of living on the planet. Yet the studies show that one in three Australians suffer with some form of anxiety. Help me understand that. And look, I understand that anxiety is a complex issue, but I think that paints a pretty clear picture that the accumulation of stuff doesn't bring joy. That the accumulation of wealth, while it might bring choices, it doesn't bring peace to our hearts. And I might not understand everything. But one thing I know very clearly is that here in Australia, we are truly blessed. We are a blessed nation. But that blessing is not so that we can tear down our barns and build bigger ones for ourselves. It's not so that we can build a more comfortable lifestyle for ourselves. That blessing that we've received is so that we can reach out and we can help others in their need. And so on behalf of Compassion, I want to say thank you, Sunnybank Baptist, for your partnership with Compassion. I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but at the moment as families and individuals within Sunnybank Baptist, you are right now in this moment helping. Next slide. That, that number is actually obsolete now. After this morning's service, that number is you are helping over 220 children be released from a life of poverty in Jesus' name. That's awesome. That's, give yourselves a proper clap. That's worth a proper clap. That's amazing because that means everything for those 220 plus children. And so, if you are currently sponsoring a child with compassion or you have done in the past, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your generosity. You really are making a difference in the life of that child. But not only are you helping that child, you're also inspiring their family and empowering their local church as well. But does it work? Does sponsoring a child really make that much of a difference in their lives? I want to show you a video right now of some former sponsored children who are now adults living a great life. And they were reflecting back and writing a letter to their former sponsors to let them know how much their sponsorship meant for them. If we can play that first video, thanks. We're here today and we are going to ask you to write one last letter to your sponsor from all those years
2: ago, just catching them up on uh, on who you are today. Dear Brian and Amy Clark, it has been 21 years since I graduated from the Compassion Center. The day I found out that you had become my sponsor was one of the best days of my life. At first it was unbelievable that somebody wanted to help us. People told us that we will never be somebody in this life. Not one person I knew believed in me and poverty was my forever reality. But your decision to sponsor me changed all that. We knew for sure we will be receiving practical benefits like food, medical cares, school supplies, and new uniforms every year. I got my first ever gift, which was my first pair of shoes. But there were some things we didn't expect. Learning about Jesus changed my perspective and helped me make good decisions. Or see my church reach out to my community and see it change. On your first letter, you told me the phrase, we love you. It was the first time I ever heard that.
0: You gave me an opportunity to believe, hope, and dream again.
2: If only you knew how your prayers made a huge difference. From not being expected to complete primary school, I now teach in one of the best schools in inner city London. Jesus, save us and save my dad. I want you to know it made a difference. Sponsorship changed who I am today. My family's life has changed for the better. If only you knew how much all you did impacted me. You'd be so proud of who I have become. 10 years ago, when you stood beside me as the best man in my wedding, it was one of the highlights of my life. You did it, Jan. We did it. Thank you for pouring into me and sponsoring me. Thank you. Thank you. Sincerely, Maria Momohara. Sincerely, Owen Getanga. Sincerely, Liz Riera. With love, Sandy
1: Maya. that video always impacts me especially when they say people told us we will never be somebody in this life not one person i knew believed in me in your letter was the first time i heard the phrase we love you it's hard to imagine children growing up with that kind Of external voices speaking over them every day. But the sad reality is, for many of these children growing up in extreme poverty, that's exactly what they are being told every day. They're being told that they're a burden on their family, they're being told they're a burden on society, that they have no future, they have no hope, that they just don't matter. But then compassion comes along the local church that's already operating and open in their community and introduces these children to a sponsor. Someone like you, someone like me, who begins writing letters to these kids and encouraging them and financially supporting them and praying for them and letting them know that they do matter, that they matter to God and they matter to us. And there's a hope that begins to rise within them that's more powerful than the poverty that surrounds them. I tell you church, we really do have the potential to make a difference in the lives of these children. And when I look across this room tonight, I see a room full of people who have the potential to make a difference in the life of a child living in poverty. Why don't you turn to the person beside you and say, you're looking full of potential tonight. (laughs) And all the introverts are like, oh no, not a question. And all the extroverts have changed the topic three times already. But it's true. Every one of us have the potential to make a difference in the life of one of these children. Why do I believe that? I believe that because I believe that every single follower of Jesus Christ has two things happening in their life right now. It's happening in your life and it's happening in my life as a follower of Jesus. And that's number one, we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And number two, we have the resources of the kingdom of heaven available to us. Our job is to steward those kingdom resources well and to release that kingdom potential that's within us. So I've called this message tonight, Release the Increase. I probably could have called it, Let's Get Out of You, the kingdom potential that's within you, but it just didn't rhyme. And the reason I want to talk about this tonight is because I believe that as Christians, many of us are only scratching the surface of the potential that we have to make a difference in the lives of others. And so I want to have a look at this for a moment based on Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32. So this is, this is Jesus talking with his disciples and talking with the crowds and describing how the kingdom of God works, what it looks like and how it works. Verse 31, Jesus speaking, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants. It becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you open your word to us tonight. Holy Spirit, I pray You speak to us. Remove obstacles that are are preventing us from hearing Your voice, Your Word, Your leading in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but every time I read this parable through the eyes of kingdom potential and, and God's plan for you, God's plan for me to make a difference in the lives of others, there's two thoughts that always come to my mind. And the first one is this God's plan is for us to grow. His plan is for us to grow. Verse 32 Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows is the largest of garden plants, it becomes a, a tree. I love that thought. Yet when it grows, not if it grows, but when it grows. I want to encourage you, church. God's plan for you, God's plan for me is to continue to grow, not to stagnate, not to go backwards, not to shrink down, but to continue to grow. And I think of that that parable of that small seed growing into a large tree. One of the ways that that small seed reached its full potential as a large tree is it had to stay planted through all seasons. I think of that seed and how many summers and autumns and winters and springs, season after season, year after year for that small seed to reach its full potential. And I believe that's the same for you and I, church. I believe for you and I to reach our our full kingdom potential, we need to stay planted in the kingdom of God. We just need to keep turning up in every season. Because we know that, there's different seasons. Like for that, that seed, you think about it. If we can have that next slide. For that seed, it would have had to endure many seasons. It would have been the winter season, wouldn't there? That's when the, all the rain would have dried up. That's when the leaves would have fell off. And on the surface, it would have looked bare and harsh and dry. But below the surface, where nobody was looking, the roots of that tree would have been pushing deeper and wider and further than ever before, looking for that substore moisture positioning it, getting ready for the summertime again. And when the roots were established, that tree would have been able to hold even more fruit and been more fruitful because it endured through the winter. And I want to encourage you, church, it's the same for you and I. We have summer seasons in life, don't we? We know what that's like in God. Our summer season is when we pray and everything seems to happen. We, we, our Bibles just flop open to a Bible verse that just speaks to our heart. That's the summer season and we love our summer seasons in God. But who knows there's times when we have our winter seasons as well. You know what that's like. You pray, nothing seems to happen. You read your Bible and you, and you just seem to get nothing out of it. But I want to encourage you, every season is adding something to our life. Our summer season is adding something and our winter season is adding something as well. During our winter season in God, that's when we are pushing deeper and further and wider than ever before. Into the Word, into prayer, into church, into what God has for us. And if we just persevere, we will grow and we will reach our full potential. That's my first thought that I want to encourage us with is we just need to persevere. Yet when it grows, not if it grows, but when it grows, God wants to see you growing. The second thought I see is that not only is it God's plan for us to grow, but He wants to grow, wants us to grow for a purpose and on purpose. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Listen to that again. It becomes a tree so that, so that the birds can come and find protection and safety and nurturing and shade within that tree. I tell you, church, God wants us to grow, but He wants us to grow for a purpose. And that purpose will always be beyond ourselves. That purpose will always be so that we can help others. I want to encourage you, church, we need to have a so that attitude with our prayer life. What do I mean by that? I mean, when we're praying for God to, to do stuff in our lives and in our heart, what's your so that? Oh God, I I pray that you, you take me deeper in the Word. Show me more of your Bible. Teach me more of your Bible. So that I can tell others about my Bible knowledge. I might get an opportunity to preach one day. Oh God, I pray that you show me your Word. Take me deeper in your Word so that I can show others. I can help others on their journeys. Oh God, I, I pray for, for financial blessing in my life. I pray for a promotion at work. I pray for my business to expand. I pray for uh, investment ideas so that I can have a nicer holiday. I can drive a nicer car. I can buy another investment property I'm never going to live in. Oh God, I pray For your blessing, I pray you help me prosper so that I can help others in need. I believe, Church, that if we lose our so that in our prayer life, we might find ourselves in a winter season a little bit longer than God intended for us. But with a so that attitude, with what God is doing in our life and an others focused life we will reach our full potential. I just want to finish tonight with a video. And this is a video of a a young lady named Jennifer Kateri. And Jennifer is from the nation of Kenya and she she just talks about what her sponsorship meant to her and she talks about the relationship that she built with her sponsors in the US. A, A couple of people that had a so that attitude with their finances and the difference that it made in Jennifer's life. If we can play that video, thanks.
2: I am Jennifer Gitiri, and I'm from Kenya. Growing up with a single parent in the slum was very, very difficult for me. Really living hand to mouth because if my mom went to look for employment or even wash other people's clothes, if she came in the evening with a dollar, that's what we would use to buy a meal and eat at that particular time. If we wake up tomorrow, there's nothing to eat, then we'd take a glass of water and run to school. But Compassion opened a project at a church near our home. And for the first time as a young girl, I saw hope. Compassion provided for everything. They gave me books. When I was sick, compassion would pay for my medical care. And I'm also thankful to my sponsor, who was very, very encouraging. You know, just writing letters of encouragement, telling me that you can make it, you can do it. Your past should not determine your future. I believe my sponsors were God sent. When we wrote to Jennifer, it was important to let her know that we really cared about her. I just said what a mother would say. You know, we're so proud of you. We're so proud that your grade card is good and that you've done such a good job. I remember vividly our neighbor's child was raped. The child was 10 years, and these were the kind of things that I saw growing up that really made me decide to be a lawyer, someone who could speak for the rights of those who cannot speak for themselves. The beginning of this year, I joined the Kenya School of Law so that now I can be admitted into the bar and become an advocate in the High Court of Kenya. This summer, I went to the United States of America to to be an advocate. I shared passionately about my story and how my sponsors had made a difference in my life. And they were brought on stage. It was life changing just to to see those two people who'd sacrificed their resources, who used to pray for me, who used to encourage me. So, for for me to see these two people was, was just amazing. Compassion gave us the opportunity to reach halfway around the world to rescue one little girl from whatever the future might have had in store for her. It makes me cry all the time when I think of how far God has brought me, you know, from the ditches of poverty to this. Today I am here as proof that indeed compassion releases children from poverty in Jesus' name. My children will never live in poverty. My children will know the word of God. And when I look at the packets, at the compassion booth, my heart is broken because 17 years ago, my face was in that packet.
1: When we make the decision to persevere through every season, to continue to grow, And grow for a purpose beyond ourselves. We can make a difference. And I love what Jennifer said when she said, my children will never know poverty. My children will know the Word of God. That's one of the things that I I love about the work of compassion is because when a child has gone through the program, their children are never enrolled because they don't need to be. The generational cycle of poverty is broken and a new generation of a follower of Jesus is birthed. And she also said, when she looks at the table, her heart is broken because 17 years ago, her face was just a face on a table. No one knew what was in store for her future except God. But there was somebody who had to sow that attitude with their finances and helped her become everything God had called her to be and I think sponsoring a child it costs $48 a month less than $1.60 a day and that changes a child's life I know for me and my family we've chosen to sponsor three children if we can put that up thanks we've got John and Princess in the Philippines and little Jose in Dominican Republic. And do you know what it costs me to sponsor those three children? To make sure that they've got food, clothing, education, medical care, dental care, but most importantly, that they're learning about Jesus and are being discipled to be the people God had always called them to be. Do you know what it costs me to sponsor those three children? It costs me less than $5 a day less than one cup of coffee a day and the good news is is I still have my cup of coffee every day I mean God's got a way of doing that doesn't he when we choose to step out and help others God's got a way of increasing our capacity and I've got a bunch of children with me tonight who are in desperate need of sponsorship some of them waiting up to 300 days for a sponsor And I'd love to give you an opportunity to consider sponsoring one of those children. I know many of you are doing that already and thank you. Thank you for what you were doing. But who knows? Maybe you've got room for one more. One more child to eat from your table. One more child to become part of your extended compassion family. We would love to give you that opportunity tonight. So please come and talk to me, myself and Mark at the table afterwards and we'd love to answer your questions and we'd love to meet you. So thank you so much, Sunnybank Baptist. At Compassion, we love you. You guys are amazing. Thank you, church.
0: I think it's quite obvious that uh, we as a people support compassion. And I think one of the greatest things that comes out of compassion is that they are focused on presenting Jesus. They do a discipleship uh, thing for kids now, which is absolutely fantastic. And, And I think, you know, obviously when we see these things on screen, they're the best stories that come out. There's plenty of other stories about people's lives who've been transformed and changed. And they don't go on to be lawyers. They don't go on to be teachers. But their life is much more improved. And they pass on the gospel message to their families and to their children and their children's children. Uh, For me, that alone is worth it. But to think about those people who become lawyers, they become advocates for compassion for Jesus and for better uh, treatment of their villages uh, in the higher levels of government and those stories are repeated again and again so if you could uh, consider sponsoring a child but I want to encourage you to just go and talk to Dean just pray for him pray for compassion pray for other organizations that help kids and uh, do what you can so guys this week uh, I just pray the Lord will be with you I pray he'll keep you I pray his face will shine upon you and he does that through the reading of his word so may that word be alive to you May you know his presence and power, and may you be aware of the divine appointments he presents to you, so you can step into those all throughout your week. God bless one and all. Thank you so much for being with us. Before you leave, I want Jaden to come down the front. Is Jaden here? Yep, there. (laughs) This is Jaden's last uh, Sunday with us. So uh, if you've had anything to do with this guy, uh, because I can't say good things, you know, it is Jaden. So... Come down the front and let's pray for him Hey, as he goes, he's joining the Navy And uh, this is his last Sunday So <laughs> well, look at that, there's some people coming yeah. Wow Actually, I'll get out of the way I'll let everyone else stand around you, all will go up here So yeah, you guys lay your hands on him Mum and dad are coming too. That's a good thing. righty, let's pray for this man. Father God, I thank you so much for Jaden. I thank you for the time he's had in the church. I think he's one of the first young fellows I met in the church, Lord. And I thank you so much for his presence with us as a family. But I thank you that for his presence here at SDBC. Lord, I pray you'll go with him and before him. I pray that you'll be an encouragement and strength to him in all that he does. I pray, Lord, that you'll help him get through the initial training. But Lord, I pray that this whole experience will be one which turns his eyes closer to you, further to you, Lord. And that he'll be established well in his faith that Lord he won't be swayed by any of the temptations that may be out there and Lord I pray that we'll be in touch with him that we'll hear stories about things that are happening down there and that Lord will be greatly encouraged by the continued friendships that he has here so Lord we entrust him to your care we ask again that you'll go with him before him and that you will be a shining light for him throughout this new experience of his and we pray this in Jesus name amen amen thank you one and all good night God bless (laughs)